assume that uh, you have had your fill of turkey this week. How many of you don't really care for turkey all that much? Uh, there's, there's, yeah, there's a good many of you. All right. Well, um, you're probably having some at your house this afternoon and having it all week and having the week after that. So that's the way it goes. Amen. Well, we're glad you're with us. Feel the presence of God here uh, in this place. You realize what an honor that is? To feel the presence of God? Yeah, don't take that for granted. I know many of us, uh, start off with a quick story here, I know many of us could use uh, a little bit of extra money this time of year. Um, there is a story about a little boy who really needed $100 bad. He had some needs in his life, he really wanted $100. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed to no avail. So he decided to take it a step further and he wrote a letter to God asking God for $100. The letter, as you would imagine, went to the post office. They didn't know what to do with it, so they sent it on to Washington and the President of the United States. The President received it. He was amused by it, and he wanted to respond in some shape or form. So he instructed the Secretary to write a response and include a crisp $5 bill. The boy received the letter and the $5. He was excited to receive a response from God, so he decided to write a reply letter. And in his reply letter, he said this, Dear God, I want to thank you for sending me back a letter along with the money. I really appreciate it. But God, I have to tell you, Your letter came by way of Washington, and those crooks kept $95. (laughs) Just wanted you to know. Amen. Oh, Christmas is just a little under a month away, but I'm going to ask you this morning a question. What gifts have you opened this morning? That's right, I said this morning. What gifts have you opened this morning? You see, if we'll but look hard enough, we'll find that God gives us gifts every day. I told you last week that God had laid another Thanksgiving message on my heart, and I wanted to share that with you today. He gives us gifts every day, but did you miss the ones this morning? So many times we fail to recognize these gifts. We fail to have the gratitude and thanks for what I'm calling the gifts of today, or more specifically, His gifts of today. Why do we do that? Why do we miss these gifts of God Why do we fail to recognize his gifts on a daily basis? I think there's probably a couple reasons, just being practical and just thinking about it. A couple Wednesdays ago, I talked about how the older that I get, the more set in my ways that I get. (laughs) The more I enjoy routine. But if we're not careful, routine can lead to some harmful Begittens. What do I mean by that? It can lead to some harmful begittens. What do I mean? 
If you think about it, if we're not careful, routine begets comfort. And then comfort begets boredom. And then boredom begets laziness. And the more comfortable that we get, the more lazy that we get, the less likely that we are to be grateful for those things that God has given us. I think another reason is that we're just too busy. We're just too busy to see the blessings of God, His gifts of today. We're too busy to stop and ponder the deep things of God. I, um, I, this is me. Um, I have a hard time relaxing at home. Stephanie can, can tell you that. Uh, whenever I have a day or so, if it ever happens to where I have nothing to do, I have a hard time just sitting at home. I feel like I've got to be doing something. I've got to be busy. got to be doing it. It's hard to relax. And this is our society today. And when this is the world that we live in, we fail to recognize the gifts of today. His gifts of today. I once heard this neat illustration. I once heard that today is called the present because it's a gift that we are given. Today is called the present because it's a gift that we are given. But in order for the gifts to be appreciated... They need to be opened. Many times we go through our days, I go through my days, failing to see and then open God's gifts. Many of us know the verse in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That last line, does that remind you of a psalm that we often sing? Yeah, great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Our God never changes. Unlike our shadows that jump here and there and jump all over the place, He never changes. But every good and perfect gift comes from above. So what are his gifts of today? The list is endless. We could go around the room and just count them one by one. The, the, the list is endless, but I just want to focus on three this morning. And the first one I hit last week, the first gift that I want to briefly hit on is the gift of salvation. Now, basic again. We talked about this last week. But if you remember, last week I asked you, that when you sat down to have your Thanksgiving meal, I asked if you could just take a moment and thank God for salvation. Did you do that? To take a moment and thank Him for the salvation that He has provided, that He has given to you. For above all else, we are to be most grateful of this gift. The gift of salvation. And I said last week, and I'll say it again, you take away everything else, you take away everything that God has blessed us with, we still have Jesus. We still have Jesus. Romans 8, 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
sell tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Verse 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, those are all things that can happen to us, but they can't take the salvation of Jesus Christ from us. Praise God. Praise God. What a gift. What a gift. You see, if you've truly been forgiven, if you've truly been cleansed from the spiritual leprosy of sin that we talked about last week, I'm referring back to our story last week of Abraham Lincoln. If you've truly been pardoned by the one man who could save you from your death sentence, you have much to be thankful for. And for this gift, we can experience today. When you wake up tomorrow, you can experience the gift of salvation tomorrow. Um, whenever I was growing up, it was always fun to get the gifts, but there was always, it was always fun to get the gifts that had another gift attached to it. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe a little, little box or something that was also attached to it. So I'll attach one more to this. There's a bonus gift this morning. It's the bonus gift of eternal life. You know, not only do we get our sins forgiven and have an abundant life, in this life we get eternal life. Folks, I'll tell you many times what Dad has told me, don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven for it's forever let me see if I can put this into context because heaven is forever forever is forever it's one of those words we can't wrap our minds around because we live in a world of beginnings and ends don't we like you know that this service is going to end and that that's just how we live and you just can't wrap your mind around something that will never never end think of it like this My mind was going the other day, and I thought, eternity. Let's, let's just say that you were to, um, you had the ability to go out and, and pluck every single blade of grass that existed around the earth, one by one. And you took that blade of grass and you plucked it and you went to a place, there was a big open field and you just laid that blade of grass down on that open field and you went back and you picked the next blade of grass and the next blade of grass. And when you had picked and plucked every blade of grass in the entire planet, you now go back to every leaf on every tree. And you pluck every leaf from every tree. And you take that leaf, every leaf, and you take it to that big open space. And then when you're done with the grass and when you're done with the leaf, you now go to the grains of sand. You take one grain of sand, one by one, and you take it. You take it to that open field. How long do you think it would take you to pick every blade of grass 
every leaf on a tree, and every grain of sand, how long would it take you? And I tell you, when you have done that, eternity will have just begun. Don't miss heaven. Don't miss the gift of salvation. Aren't you glad that one day we'll be, we'll be able to, to forever be with our Lord and Savior, sitting at His feet forever and ever and ever? And for those of you that know Jesus Christ, that illustration should excite you. Eternity will have just begun, but think about the converse. Oh, God help us. That's what is keeping God from saying to His Son, go get Him. Because there are still those who need to know Jesus Christ. There are still those who need to open that gift of salvation. Don't miss heaven, church. Don't miss heaven. The gift of salvation. We can experience it every day. Praise God. Second gift. The gift of trust. The gift of trust. Uh, those uh, guys, those of you who are in our, our men's study on Wednesday nights, we're going through Tony Evans' Kingdom Man. And uh, you may have remember reading, guys, um, and, and I started to do this just the other day. Um, Tony Evans says that whenever one of his family members, his wife or his kids or somebody in his family is going through something very difficult, he'll just hold up three fingers to him. You guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you remember reading that, okay? And what those three fingers stand for is, I've got this. There are three words. I've got this. Basically what he's saying to his wife or his child is, no matter what you're going through, I've got this. Give it to me. I'll handle this for you. Or if I can't specifically take care of it, I'll go through it with you. I've got this with you. Stephanie and I were talking the other day and it was something that was bothering her and I just held up three fingers and she looked at me like I was crazy. But I began to explain what this is about and I'm going to begin to make this a practice in our home. To be a man of God to where my wife and my kids can look at me and know that their dad has this. Isn't it great whenever you know you can turn to someone who's got this? See, that's a gift. A gift. To know that someone is there for you and they'll either take care of your crisis or they'll help see you through it. That is a gift that God offers you and I every day. The gift of trust. Now just stop and think about this for a moment. To completely and wholly give your burdens and worries to the Lord and allow Him to carry it every day. That's a gift. That's a gift. But there's one thing that you and I must do to receive that gift. We must give up our right to worry. Ouch or amen. I'm talking to some warriors here this morning. I know that. I'm looking at your faces. You're smiling at me. You must give up your right to worry. Give up your right, here we go, of being in control. Amen or ouch. Give up your right of being in control. And that is a scary thing, isn't it? You see, He gives you the gift of trust every day, but you have to allow Him to give you that gift. 
one of my favorite books. I know many of you love this. How many of you know what this is just by looking at the color of it? Streams in the Desert. Great devotional book. Um, If you don't have this book, I would highly recommend it. Let me read you a story about a man who was going through some difficult things in his life, and it's written like this. I went one night to hear an address on consecration. No special message came to me from it, but as the speaker kneeled to pray, he dropped this sentence. O Lord, thou knowest we can trust the man that died for us. And that was my message. I rose and walked down the street to the train, and as I walked, I pondered deeply all that consecration might mean to my life, and I was afraid. And then above the noise and the clatter of the street traffic came to me the message, you can trust the man that died for you. I got into the train to ride homeward, and as I rode, I thought of the changes, the sacrifices, the disappointments which consecration might mean to me, and I was afraid. Any of you here afraid this morning of something? I reached home and sought my room, and there upon my knees I saw my past life. I had been a Christian, an officer in the church, a Sunday school superintendent, but I had never definitely yielded my life to God. Yet as I thought of the darling plans which might be baffled, of the cherished hopes to be surrendered, and the chosen profession which I might have to abandon, I was afraid. I did not see the better things God had for me, so my soul was shrinking back. And then for the last time, with a swift rush of convicting power, came to my innermost heart that searching message, My child, you can trust the man that died for you. If you cannot trust him, who can you trust? That settled it for me. For in a flash I saw the man who so loved me as to die for me could be absolutely trusted with all the concerns of the life that he had saved. Friend, you can trust the man that died for you. You can trust him to baffle no plan which is not best to be foiled and to carry out every one which is for God's glory and your highest good. You can trust Him to lead you in the path which is the very best in this world for you. You see, trust is truly a gift. We can open every single day. Every single day we can open it. What burden... What heavy weight are you carrying this morning? God is offering you a gift today. It's the gift of trust. All you have to do is open it. And then lastly, the gift of the simple things. The gift of the simple things. Boy, this is hard for me. Those of you whose motor just really never stops, just goes, and your mind never stops, which is probably most of us in here. 
I was reminded of this point as I saw Stephanie studying for her woman's study, 1,000 Gifts. Many of you are in that study. As I saw Stephanie going over this and studying it for a couple weeks and watching her preview the video to it, I came to this point. 1,000 Gifts. And I asked Stephanie, if you could just sum up what this study is about, uh, just try and sum it up in one sentence, what would you say this study is about? She said, it's teaching them to walk through this life with your eyes wide open, looking for the gifts God gives every day, no matter how large or how small. Now let me read that again. It's walking through this life with your eyes wide open, looking for the gifts God gives every day, no matter how small or how large. What do we mean by that? It's learning to appreciate and give God thanks for the first snowflake of the season. It's being in awe whenever you see your favorite fall tree. Mine just happens to be the bright orange with a little bit of yellow underneath of it. It's being in awe at your baby's first smile. Being in awe at your baby's first coo. It's staying in the moment when you see the excitement of your child on Christmas morning. It's the distant sound of a train's whistle. It's smiling when you hear another bride and groom say, I do. It's seeing the early morning mist rise from a country lake. You see, these are things that we miss, aren't they? Because we get too lazy, get too bored, get too comfortable, we get too busy, we're, we miss these things. It's watching cardinals dance in the trees. It's watching the sunset and knowing that the God who pulls it down over the horizon will pull it back up again in the morning. Ann Voskamp, the author of 1,000 Gifts, she is trying to get the ladies, and really many of us, maybe it's a message the guys need to go through as well. She's trying to get the ladies to count their blessings, their daily blessings, one by one. It's about staying in the moment of now, both good and bad, and thanking God for our journey and the sights and the sounds that come with our journey. She's encouraging women to keep a journal. Keep a journal every day of the gifts that God is revealing to you. The other day, Stephanie surpassed her 500th gift. She's been keeping a journey for a while. I've asked her if she could just take just about a minute and just share some of the things that God is revealing to her. To stay in the moment of now. The 1,000 gifts to experience the gifts of the simple things.
Number five, slipping my feet into my fuzzy black slippers. <laughs> Number 51, reciting Eucharisteo thanks with Jenna during a long car ride. Number 55, meaningful chats with friends that you don't live close to anymore. Number 63, my son's sincere apologies. <laughs> Number 72, altars full with bended knees. Yeah. Number 76, visits with friends who love talking about Jesus. Number 80, dusk, sitting in my gooseneck rocker with a lamp on, reading my Bible. Number 88, worship music blasting in the car, praising him. Number 90, time alone and away with Brock. 108, watching my children worship and participate in holy ordinances. 189, the last bite on my ice cream cone. <laughs> Number 333, missing the storms all the way home. Number 381, difficult decisions. Number 386, an increased heart for prayer. Number 408, Friday night hometown football games. Number 425, sweet baby snuggles. Number 468, knowing Jesus, he is all I need. Number 507, looking into the face of a 92-year-old and seeing beauty that runs deep and wisdom of a life well lived. These are just some of the gifts of today. We miss them, don't we? They fly by us and we don't even realize they've happened. These are his gifts of today. The simple yet profound gifts that will pass us by if we're not careful. I want you to do something with me this morning. As I was dwelling on all this, a, a song came to my mind. Raindrops on roses. Whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. Sing it with me. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings, sing it. These are a few of my favorite things. Keep singing. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. Those simple things can be God's gifts of today. 
Now, I made up my own list. It, it's not written to a song, but here's my own list. Crumbs of baked cookies left on the kitchen table. Permanent water rings left on the end tables. Dirty clothes that are turned inside and out. Fingerprints on my car windows both inside and out. These are a few of my favorite things. Unfinished homework unknown to all. Muddy footprints carelessly left in the hall. Personal items left lying out of place. Shattered HD TV screen hard to replace. For these are a few of my favorite things. This past week or two has reminded me that even those things, now hear me out, even those things that can irritate us when viewed from God's window can be seen as gifts from God. What do I mean? Instead of getting mad at crumbs and cookies left on the kitchen table, or seeing permanent water rings on our end tables, dirty clothes turned inside and out, fingerprints on the car windows, unfinished homework, muddy footprints in the hall, or shattered HD TV screens. Instead of blowing a gasket over these things, I need to see the gift that is behind them. The simple yet profound gift that God has blessed me with children to call my own. For you see, without the crumbs on the table or the clothes inside out, I might not have a little girl named Jenna. And as hard as it may have been to admit at the time, without a shattered HD TV screen, I might not have a little boy named Parker. As far as Jess, It's either been so long or I don't think she ever really did anything wrong when she was in the house, so I don't know. (laughs) I'm not saying that we don't teach our kids responsibility or we want our kids to be sloppy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying that I was reminded that every day I have with my kids is a gift from God. Parker's about a year and a half from leaving. Every day I get to spend with my best friend. Every day I get to look at my wife's lovely face as a gift from God. You see, we have a choice to see the blessings and the gifts of God in our everyday lives. Let me me go over one more thing and then we want to... Bring this to a close. Folks, whether you realize it or not, there is power in praise. There is power in having a grateful heart. There is power in thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. Don't believe me? In 2 Chronicles, it tells us the story, this will be real quick, it tells us the story of Judah and King Jehoshaphat, and I even preached a message on this once. 
But the Ammonites and the Moabites, they had come against them. And, and those in Judah, they were outnumbered three to one. They were done. They were history. They were toast. They had no chance. So what happened? They first sought the Lord. Then they remembered all the ways that God took care of them in the past. They placed their complete trust in God. And because they did these things, God told them they would not even have to fight, for the battle was His. Now, God indeed did fight the battle. If you go to Second, you don't have to go there now. If you go to Second Chronicles 20, you can read the story. He did indeed fight for them. He annihilated their enemy. But there is one key ingredient that I believe was the key to their success. Second Chronicles twenty twenty one through 22, it says this. When he had consulted with the people, King Jehoshaphat, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever in this next verse. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and the Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. You understand what I'm saying here? They praised God before they were delivered. They give Him thanks. They gave Him praise. They honored Him and glorified Him before they were delivered. And folks, I believe this is the key to their victory. Church, telling you Satan is powerless when we not only trust God, but we also thank Him and praise Him in the midst of life's difficulties. Easy to preach, hard to live, I understand. But when we do this, whenever we praise Him, we're not focusing on the problem giver, but the problem solver. That is powerful, and Satan has no defense against it. See, Satan does not like it when we worship and praise God, when we thank and adore the name of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important when we come here together on Sunday mornings to lift up the name of Jesus, to praise Him during our times of corporate worship. He has to flee. He has to leave. Believe it or not, Satan wants to come in our midst here this morning. He wants to come in and just mess things up, foul things up. Praise Him. Praising. He can't stand it. Praise God. If we worship Him together, Satan has to flee. He cannot stand it. But be warned. He will try to attack us and thwart our efforts in praising God. Amen? Women. Women. Those of you who are going through this 1,000 gifts study. Since you began this study and have tried thanking God daily, how many of you have come under some kind of attack? Let me just see your hands raised. There's three, four, or five of hands lifted all over the sanctuary. Do you think that's just coincidence? He doesn't like it. And he will try to attack you and defeat you. Keep at it. Stay strong, stay focused, and keep on praising Him. Praise God with the simple things of life. 
Look into your child's eyes today or the next time that you can and thank God for your child. Thank Him for these simple things in life. Your thankfulness is doing more than just merely lifting your spirits. It's defeating Satan's spirit. Thanksgiving is over. But now is the time to slow down and start looking for his gifts of today. And look with them with your, wide, with your eyes wide open. This will not be easy because Christmas season is now upon us and it will be even busier than Thanksgiving. This will be a challenge. But I encourage you today to not just look at the good things in life, look at the God things of life. I heard this quote and I said it last Sunday night at the community Thanksgiving service and I'll say it again this morning in closing. What if you woke up today and experienced only those things you thank God for yesterday? Think about that. What if you woke up today and experienced only those things that you thank God for yesterday? Folks, we only have this moment today, don't we? We only have this moment in time. Don't take it for granted. Thank God for his gifts of today, salvation for trust. Thank him for the simple things that you can enjoy in life. And make up your own list, and I would encourage you to create your own journal. Don't, Brock, church, don't let today pass you by. There is an old song that I'm going to close, and I'm just going to have you, I'm just going to have you listen to it. Hopefully we can get it to play. Um, some of you will recognize the voice. There are a couple songs I was thinking about, but I want to end with this one. And as you're just sitting there, I just you can close your eyes. You can do whatever you want, but I just want you to begin thinking about the gifts, God's gifts of today, and just begin to thank Him. Just begin to praise Him. And don't take it for granted. And when the song's over, I'll have Dick come up and he can close us. Prayer. Let me pray with you. Father God, There's that one song that says, how can I say thanks for the things that you have done for me, things so undeserved you gave to prove your love for me. God, this morning, help us to be thankful people. Help us to slow down. Oh God, help me to slow down long enough to where I catch your gifts of today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.